Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Last week we looked at treasure and how it really is a trust. And everything that we have is not ours, it is all the Lord's. And He entrusts us to be His good and faithful servants, His stewards. Uh, next week, as Joe mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking at um, our, our talent and how we can uh, make sure that we're serving others. You know, this is such a selfish world that we're living in. And when Jesus Christ saved us from our sins, He saved us for a purpose. And one of those purposes was to serve other people. Do you believe that, church? And so we've been saved to serve, and we're just looking to give you some opportunities to do it next week as you come in wearing your San Francisco 49ers gear. We're going to look forward to that. But what we want to do today is we want to take a look at this idea of time. It was about a month ago. We had a very memorable Sunday. Do you remember it? We didn't have any power in here. Do you remember that, everyone? But yet... We still went forward. I, all over the community, when I'm seeing people out there, they're telling me, I saw the video of you guys doing church in the dark, and it looked more exciting than our church did in the light. And I just want to say, the reason is, is because, friends, we don't need to have power to be the church. We, the church is not something that we, that we go to. It's a family that we belong to. And as Pastor John, uh, as Dr. Jonathan was mentioning here, that there's going to be places in Nicaragua, a developing nation, that they're not going to have power, but they're going to have the church. And the church is the body of Christ. And when we begin to make decisions around that fact, we begin to see that, that God begins to do an eternal thing. There is an eternal reality on the weekend of no power that I had a rope. You guys remember the rope for those of you who are here? And we looked at this little piece of tape in the middle of the rope. And we said, that is our life. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss out on the big rope by just focusing in on our little piece of tape, which is our life in the rope. And what I wanted to do in the time that we had this morning is I want to talk a little bit more then about this. How can we maximize our time of tape here on the planet Earth? How can we make sure that we're investing our lives for an eternal difference with the minutes and the hours, the days and the months that we have been entrusted with? And I'm going to go ahead and kind of give you my premise right now for another couple of minutes before we jump into our key text. But the premise is, is this, is that time is limited. We have a finite amount of time on planet Earth and how we choose to invest that time really is a test. But for the enemy, it's also a temptation. And I just sometimes feel that we believe that we're going to just live forever. The truth is, is that we're all going to live forever somewhere. But our time on planet Earth is limited. We can make more money, but we can't make more time. So how we invest and look at our time is going to be based on the choices and the decisions that we make. That's a connection that I guys want you to see, that it takes time to make a choice. It takes time to make a decision. And let me just string this out a little bit further. When you begin to look at the, the, the culmination of all of the choices that we have and have not made, we are sitting and standing right here, right now, as a result of the decisions that we've made. 
We are the sum total of the decisions and the choices that we have made, which is kind of a little bit scary because uh, I looked up on the Internet and it said that the average person living in America right now makes over 35,000 choices a day. I'm not sure it's true, but it's on the Internet, so it's close enough, right? And when you begin to kind of look at the fact that right now we have been making those choices, some of those choices are not even subliminal. Like we're just making these decisions. We have no idea. These, uh, these images, these ideas, these feelings, these emotions are coming at us. And how we choose to respond is going to be a revelation of who we are and what we believe. So here's the question that I pose for you. Have you ever found yourself being a little bit overwhelmed by an emotion, overwhelmed by a thought, uh, um, if you will, overwhelmed by this temptation or idea? And, and, and if you will, you felt like you were almost powerless to it, that it overtook your heart and your mind and your thoughts. If you've ever found yourself there before, you might have pushed up against what I'm going to be referring to this morning as a spiritual stronghold. It might be a faith stumbling block, a foothold in your life that the enemy has set. And I need you to know something, that we serve in a world that is not our own. A lot of times we think to ourselves that we live here in the Bible Belt of California, Fresno, we sit in our nice little comfortable dry places and we create this halo, this bubble, and we can live in this, this kind of protected world. But friends, you need to understand something. We are living in enemy territory. And, and we are not amongst friends. There is a dark world out there. And the enemy of our soul, he loves to live in the shadows of darkness. He is a chaos creator and he thrives on confusion. And that's the bad news. But can I share some good news with you? Our God is greater than the enemy. Amen. That our God is greater than any temptation that comes our way. And that when we, as followers of Him, when we gave our lives to Him, you need to understand that you aligned yourselves with a cross. And what happened at the cross is, is that the power of darkness was defeated. That the shame, that the, that the condemnation for those before Christ was nailed there with Him. And by the stripes of our Savior, we are healed. Friends, this is good news. Because it's nothing that you've done, the decision that you've made, it's what was done for you. What we did is we sinned and we fell short of the glory of God. But in his love for us, God sent his son so that we could have life and have it to the full because of Jesus' death on a cross. And that is what communion is today. That's what we're going to celebrate, his perfect life and his death on the cross. And that is good news. Do you believe that, church? So I need you to know, though, today, for some of you, you have not yet put your hope in him. You've not yet made the most important decision of your life. And that is to surrender your future to him. You see, sometimes we think that, well, I don't need to make that decision. One of these days when it gets closer, I'm going to make that decision. And friends, not making a decision is a decision. And today can be the day 
of salvation for you. Today, when you receive communion, can be your first step out of obedience as a follower and a forgiven person who's called son, daughter, friend. And that is good news. Do you believe that, church? But if you don't know that for certain, I do hope today that you will not be blinded by the foothold of blindedness, spiritual blindedness, that you miss out on this opportunity. So where are we going with this today? Where we're going with this today is simply this. And this is going to be a hard concept for some of you to grasp. So I'm going to go slow a little bit, and then I'm going to pick up the pace at the end. Here's the crazy thing about what it means to be saved. We can be saved from our sin and still struggle with the temptation of sinfulness. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like I'm talking to a lot of people that never heard anyone ever say this before. See, some of you guys think wrongly that the moment that you get saved, that all of a sudden your breath is going to start smelling better. I'm going to ask you to please brush and floss. Some of you think that the moment that you get saved, all of a sudden that your bad skin is going to clean up. But I'm going to encourage you to still use soap and water spiritually. You see, we sometimes think that at the moment of our salvation, that we give our lives to Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, everything's just going to get a lot better. What I discovered in my life is that when I give my life to Jesus Christ, things got a lot harder. Any amens to that? And you're saying, well, wait a minute, Brent, you want me to like give my life to Jesus and all of a sudden you're saying it's going to get harder? Yes, it will get harder. It's a big fancy word. We don't use it a whole lot, but I got every once in a while proved to you guys that I went to seminary. And it's the word called sanctification. Sanctification is the process of turning away from our sinfulness and turning towards Jesus and, and becoming more and more like him. And the spiritual formation process is this, that we cannot try harder. What we have to do is we have to surrender more. And there is this sin tug in our life. And as good Christians living up here in northeast Fresno or wherever you've coming from, we sometimes turn a blind eye to the reality that this world loves sin. Not just this world, not just in 2024, but 2,000 years ago. Let me read for you an example, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. It says that the acts of the flesh are obvious. And this acts of the flesh is just sin. Because our, our, our body is sinful. And, and when we act on it, there's different ways that we do it. They're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that seems like a very graphic list, doesn't it, everybody? And you might be thinking to yourself, is that happening in Las Vegas right now or next, next weekend at the Super Bowl? And the answer is yes. And it happened 2,000 years ago as well. The, the, the sin and the struggle of sin is not something that we invented in the modern age. No, it's been perfected since the beginning of time. And so for us, it's this struggle between living in a broken world where the rule of this world is the prince of darkness, living as children of light, 
and trying to figure out how do I navigate doing the things that I don't want to do and not doing the things that I know that I want to do. You see, I've got good news and bad news. And here's the good news. The good news is simply this, is that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, your sins, past, present, future, were forgiven. That's good news. Amen. But here's the bad news. The bad news is, is that the impact of that sin and the choices that we make, we can carry with us for a lifetime. Am I preaching or not? You see, where we are today is a result of the decisions that we've made. And the quality of life that we're experiencing right now are in direct correlation to the decisions and the choices that we've made in the past. And for us to say and to turn a blind eye on the fact that it doesn't really matter, I can live however I want to, this is for me to do, and it's none of your business, why don't you ask that to the person who's been on the other side of the consequences for those decisions and that thought process? Being on the other side of an unfaithful spouse. Being on the other side of an unethical business partner and they lose everything. Being on the other side of a person who, who just kept on having more to drink and then gets caught with a DUI and it completely upends their world. Friends, there are impacts for our decisions. Yes? I know we're living in a world where moms and dads are trying to protect and guard their children from this, right? They don't want to take responsibility. They're trying to throw themselves in the way of it. But that's not helping. It's only making it worse. So my thoughts are, the sooner we can have a reality check and say, this is not our home. We're just passing through. That our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of the dark world. When we begin to see it with spiritual lenses and eyes and see it for what it really is, we can begin to live life abundantly. Because that's what Jesus died on a cross for us to experience. Do you believe that, church? But it just pains my heart to see people that I know are saved. I know they're secure. I know their name's written in the book of light. Yet they continue to bump up against sinful patterns in their life. It breaks my heart. And honestly, it breaks my heart for myself as well. Because I have some of those as well. I need to make one real important point of clarity here. That when you are tempted, I need you to know something. That the Lord is never going to tempt you. The temptation is always going to come from who? The devil. But the Lord will allow you to be tempted. And he will allow your faith to be stretched. So what does that look like? And how do we navigate that? And what does it look like to do that? Well, I need to tell you something. It's not always a nice clear line. It's not always a nice easy three hops to heavenly, you know, success. Sometimes we trip up and we fall. Sometimes, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, and by the way, I find this incredibly refreshing when he says, I do not understand what I do. Can anyone relate with that? I don't get it. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. So you can hear... This super saint, Paul, who's written like a big old chunk of the New Testament, who like planted all kinds of churches in, in the, in the world that are still there today. And here he is saying is, man, there's like this thing going on inside of me and I don't understand it. And I'm, and I'm saying that's all, that's why we're talking about this today because of something else that he says next. Verse 19, for I do not do good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this keeps Going on, I keep on doing it. 
Verse 20. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is what everyone said out loud. Sin living in me that does it. And I know for some of you right now, your, your spiritual math, your, your spiritual, like how you viewed this, it really bothers you to think that there could be sin living in you causing you to do something that you don't want to do. Just nod your head. You don't like that, do you? It's like having a thief in your home. You're like, this guy came into the protection of my home, went through all of my stuff, I feel violated. I feel victimized. Well, that's exactly what the thief does to your soul. He comes in and he just starts messing with all of your stuff. So I really appreciate the fact that the Apostle Paul talks about this conflict when it's like, what do I do with this? What do I do with the urge? What do I do with the idea? Um, and this is what I want us to put some practical handlebars on today of how we can deal with spiritual strongholds. So let me ask you the question one more time before we jump in. Have you ever felt powerless to an urge? Have you ever felt overwhelmed by a thought, an impression, an idea, a temptation, and you've almost felt powerless to do anything about it? My friend, you might be pushing up against spiritual warfare. And by the way, the enemy of your soul does not want you to hear this message today. The enemy of your soul right now is getting some of you to say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This, 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 what, uh, would you just, for the next couple of moments, would you just pray, Holy Spirit, would you reveal your truth to my mind? Not my words, but God's words. Will you do that, church? So, top of your notes, if you would, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says these words. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So Paul is talking about a spiritual reality. There's a spiritual reality. Not against violence and weapons and and combat, but rather spiritual principalities and authorities. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Let's say this out loud, church, to what? Demolish strongholds. You maybe never thought about this before, but there is a spiritual battle right now in your mind for your soul. The Apostle Paul goes on to say these words. We demolish. Everyone say demolish. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient. So at the end of this message and at the end of your notes, I've place the prayer there. And when we pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to seem really weird. Remember last week when we talked about treasure and I asked you to put your hand on your heart and to pray for your heart? Because at the end of the day, treasure is a heart issue. Well, today I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your head because time is a thought issue. Decisions are a thought issue. It talks here that we demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How do we have knowledge of God, everyone? By our what? Our thoughts. And we take captive every what? Thought. And we make it obedient to who? Have you ever heard of this concept of having the mind of Christ? That is our goal today, church. Is that not our thoughts, but his thoughts would invade our mind 
and protect our soul. See, the premise of today's message is this, simply, is that we can be saved from our sins, our salvation can be secure, and we can still struggle with sin. We can have those hiccups, those footholds, those strongholds in our life, and for whatever reason, we've prayed about it, we've fasted about it, we, we've, we've gone to a doctor about it, we've got people praying for us about it, but for whatever reason, they just seem stuck. So what do we do? Well, if you're taking notes, if you would, please write this down. And this is the first step for breakthrough, is that we would recognize strongholds. That we would just recognize the possibility that there could be something called a stronghold. Now, maybe for some of you, theologically, it pushes you outside of your bounds. I need you to know something. I'm super okay with that because it pushes me outside of mine as well. My reason for bringing this up is because it's so clearly communicated throughout Scripture. Um, I want to give credit where credit's due, and that is the ideas of a definition and some of the things we're going to talk through come out of a resource, a discipleship resource called Rooted, which is founded out of a church in Southern California called Mariner's Church. And uh, the definition they give to a stronghold is this. It's, it's a spiritual strongholds are evil thoughts, ideas, impressions of the enemy, which influence attitudes and choices, which oppose God's good intentions, plans, and purposes. That's what a spiritual stronghold is. And, and uh, um, I find that to be helpful, and I've adapted it a little bit for our language. But it's just one of those things that gets in the way between God's best for our life and a lie from the enemy that we're believing is true. So let me go ahead and share with you on the list that I provided on your notes a couple of these areas of strongholds. This is not a, a complete list, but these are some of the big ones right here. Bitterness. Now, the stronghold would be bitterness. But the truth of God would be forgiveness. And when we begin to think of bitterness, and I go through this list, I'm, I'm asking you that if, if you sense and feel like one of these strongholds might be something that the person sitting next to you needs to work on, I want you to go ahead and draw an arrow and point at them right here, right? That would be the most, that'd be one of the most passive aggressive things we as good Christians could do today. But if you've ever dealt with resentment, hate, unforgiveness, anger, violence, and this need for revenge, that is the stronghold of bitterness. But yet Christ has called us to what, everyone? Forgive. But Brent, you don't understand. I'm like, I'm just saying, maybe that's something you need to work with. Control. Well, we, we love control, by the way, in the church. We, we don't call it control. We just say, oh, we just, we just want things to go right to our desired outcome, the way it's always been. So what we'll do is we'll manipulate. We're going to look suspiciously at other people because we've been here longer than them. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that, that was totally passive aggressive. Uh, anyway, I'm working on that. That's uh, suppressed anger, my counselor says. All right. Uh, worry and seeking recognition. The need to be needed and known. You know who my family is, right? Our last name. Am I meddling? Stronghold. Is control, idolatry, selfishness, greed, financial, apathy, pride, stubbornness, divisiveness, pride, being unteachable, vanity, self-righteousness, and being self-centered. That's idolatry. A lot of times we think it's idolatry. is just putting an idol in your window seal and praying to it. No, it's all those things. Heaviness versus hope. Friends, this is where many of you are right now. Depressed. 
your hopeless, your despair, self-pity, lonely, you're struggling with addictions, you're having suicidal thoughts, you've attempted some suicidal behavior. That's you. I just need for you, maybe, maybe you don't mark it down on the paper right now because you're afraid, but you just need to mark it down in your mind that that's your stronghold right now. And those thoughts are not coming from the Lord. Jealousy, being spiteful, a need to gossip, slander. By the way, if you're talking about something and you're not a part of the direct solution or the problem, you're gossiping. Slanders, tearing down somebody else's character so you can feel better about yourself. Maybe you feel betrayed. Maybe you have a critical and judgmental spirit that would never happen in the church, ever. Impurity versus purity. Maybe it is no secret that your stronghold is sexual impurity. Lust, seductiveness, fornication, adultery. Yeah, frigidity. Not being loving to those who you should love. Pornography. Insecurity. When you begin to feel inferior, inadequate, timid, withdrawn, people-pleasing, lack of trust, developing relationships with the wrong people. In the lobby, I'll make sure that our, that our, our greeting team makes sure there's, there's, a, there's a document I created last year called Who I Am in Christ. If you're struggling with this issue, I encourage you to read that Bible reading plan for 30 days. Because you're going to realize that in Christ you are accepted, you are significant, and you are secure. And that's who you are in Christ Jesus. We're almost done here. Rejection. Maybe you're seeking acceptance, feeling unworthy, withdrawn. You've got some addictions and some compulsions that you just can't get the other side of. Deceit. You've, you just don't tell the truth. You're, you're not based in reality. Delusions. You rationalize. You've got some bad doctrine. You're misusing scripture for your own benefit. Fear. Friends, I need you to know um, what I'm going to talk about with fear right now. As a believer, you will either walk by faith or fear. You cannot walk by both. The choice will be yours. A fearful person is afraid all the time. They, are, they, 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 they have a need for perfectionism. They fear failure. They have compulsions and phobias that drive them and run them. And then finally, pride. It's a controlling, boastful, belittling. It's a person that, that speaks down to other people. They're conceited. They take credit. They're selfish. Now, friends, here's the deal. I went through this list a couple times over the last week. I'll be honest. Like, I'm checking a lot of these boxes. Don't do that. But also, if you're not seeing any of these boxes with your name next to them, that's another issue altogether. Do you agree with me on that? Because, friends, there ain't no perfect people allowed here at this church. And if it was, the moment I showed up, it got imperfect. As we like to say at Bethany, you guys can come as you are, and you can leave change by the power of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, church? So what we need to do, we need to recognize it, but then we need to break it. If you would, write that down. We need to break strongholds. We need to be willing to break the strongholds, that we realize that the power of God is stronger than the power of the enemy. That before Jesus Christ, friends, you were powerless. You were dead in your transactions. But based on the work of the cross of Jesus Christ, you are now victorious. Amen, church.
Do you believe that, church? You have to. Because if you don't, you're dead on arrival. Let's read what Scripture says about this. When you were dead in your sins, uncircumcised in your flesh, God made you alive with Christ Jesus. He forgave us of some of our sins. Oh, I'm so sorry. He forgave us of how many of our sins? All. All means what? How? All the time, right? All right. Having having canceled the charges of legal indebtedness. I don't know if you know this or not, but you owed a price for your sin. But on the moment of Christ's work on the cross, it was paid in full, which stood against us and condemned us. Jesus has taken it away by nailing it to what everyone? The cross. Going on to say, and having, this is powerful, if we're going to talk about strongholds, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities. And by the way, we're not talking about the human powers and authorities. We're talking about the spiritual powers and authorities. Making a spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I want to remind you that though we live in a broken world, and this is not our home, and there is evil, I want to remind you that the power of Christ and what he atoned for on the cross is greater than any challenge that we have here on earth. Do you believe that, church? That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Do you believe that, church? For some of you right now, that's what you have to believe. You have to believe that Christ is with you. That he broke that sinful grip on your life but the enemy has crept in and he's begun to call you things that you are not and i want you to hear closely this oftentimes what he'll do is he's going to dig up your past the decisions that you've made the people that you've let down but when the devil digs up your past i want you to remind him of where his future is and it is in hell And as a child of God, your future is where? In heaven. But while we're here on earth, there's a spiritual battle. There's a part of us that we have to just start believing it, recognizing it, and then stepping out in faith. And if you would write that down, number three, is that we would live in freedom from strongholds. And really, this is going to be a spiritual faith walk for some of us. That there are some of you that you feel lost and I just want you to turn to Jesus and you can be found. There are some of you right now that you feel blinded and if you'll turn to Jesus, he will reveal himself to you. There are some of you that are paralyzed in addiction in one of those strongholds and when you look to Jesus, he will liberate you and make you free. Galatians chapter 5 says, it is freedom that Christ has set us free so that we can stand firm And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Friends, when we became slaves to sin, we were incarcerated and we were indebted. But in Jesus Christ, we have been made free. Everyone say free. Free. We talk about free at last. Free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. That is the hope that we have, that there is life and freedom in Christ. Do you believe that, church? Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.